Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. I discovered that this issue is so important in the local church and in the body of Christ. Because if we are not careful, we can end up unknowingly being prideful. And when we become prideful, we will have different kind of manifestation or behaviors, such as sexual immorality. That is a sign of pride. Or being religious. Or being just indifferent to the things of God. So we have to be careful when we come to know God and after many years of walking with God, we may end up being like the Pharisees, very religious and very prideful because they thought they knew a lot. So that's why I believe that we need to keep being reminded all the time about being humble, being like a child, come to God like a child, like faith, being like a kid in front of him and so hungry for him and humble ourselves before him. 2 Peter chapter 1, 11 to 14. Let me read this passage. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you. Everyone say remind. To remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent, mean in this body. To stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Peter, at that time when he wrote this passage, he was an old man. He has been in the ministry for a long time. And he was a grandfather of many, many believers at that time. He wrote something from verses 1 to verse 10. And at the end, he said in verses 11 to 14, he said, what I just said, the first 10 verses, I'm going to keep reminding you until I die. I'm going to keep telling you, even though you know already those truths, because you just read it, you know it. But I'm going to keep bringing it to you. I'm going to keep telling you, bringing this truth in front of your eyes, in front of your ears, in front of your face all the time to remind you because this is so important to you. Sometimes you can hear the message again and again, the same message or the same subject. Like in our church, we talk a lot about the file of God. I keep reminding you, I'm concerned that you will forget about the file of God. And the longer I walk with God, I am so convinced that we need the word and we need the fire in the church. We need to make disciples, but we cannot just make disciples without the word and the file of God. So I keep reminding all of you all these things. And the Apostle Peter said that, I'm going to remind you. He said that you know all these things and you have been established by this present truth. Have you ever met somebody who have been in the ministry 
for a long time, and he is like a grandfather in the body of Christ. These people know a lot. They have a lot of experiences. I remember when Pastor James McCurdy came to our church a few weeks ago. He came to my house and he sat there on my couch, and he kept talking about God. I just opened my ears and listened and listened. I did not even argue. I did not even say anything. I just want to absorb everything from this man who has been in the ministry for many, many years. He has so much experience. He knows his God. Even he say one word one day. I will think about that many times. What he say? In fact, I meditate on what he preach on Sunday again and again. So many days about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When the grandfather of the body of Christ say something. You remember, and you take it seriously. I believe that today, if the apostle Peter stand here and he say something to all of you, I hope that you will not just say, "Ah, oh, I heard about this already." You will say, "Yes, wow, this man of God is speaking something that is important to my life." Amen. He said, "You are established in the present truth." What I want to remind all of you is, we need to really get into the Word. And let the Holy Spirit speak to us, but we have to be careful not to live our life on the word or on the voice of God that we heard 20 years ago. We should receive the present truth every single day. You need to get into the word, and every single day you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for today, for now, because if you live. In the past, you live on the voice of God 20 years ago. You may not go anywhere, and you can end up being a religious Christian. I want to encourage all of you to seek God, to hear the voice of God, and to get into the Word of God every single day. God speak to me every single day. Today, I hear something different from God in the Word than yesterday, and I just keep moving on to what the Holy Spirit is leading me. Amen. That's what I want to encourage all of you. Don't be like the Pharisees. You know, teach that the Pharisees depend on the old law. They say the Moses, the law of Moses, say like that. Jesus show up on earth, and Jesus was teaching something is more powerful in that generation. But the Pharisees denied the teaching of Jesus and depended on the old law. Depend on the 20 years ago, 100 years ago, what the Holy Spirit was speaking to people. We have to be careful. Don't do like the Pharisees. We need to receive the fresh bread from heaven every single day. Read the Bible. Come into the presence of God. Spend time with God. Talk to God. Let God talk to you through the Word, through the preaching, through CD. We need to feed ourselves with the Word of God. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't depend on the 10 years ago things, because otherwise you're going to be stagnant. Otherwise, you're going to live in the old day, and you don't move on to the new things. The Word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit are fresh every single day, and new every morning. Amen. I don't want you to end up being like the Pharisees. The Bible say, verse 14 and 15, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me, moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things. He said, I want to make sure that you are reminded of these things. What things? I'm going to read to you. This is what Peter said 
at the beginning of Second Peter chapter one, the last book that he wrote before he died. Simon Peter, a born servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, verses one and two, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Peter said, "I'm going to keep reminding you this truth." He mentioned in verses one and two. He said, "Grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ." So. Peter want to remind all of us again and again to depend on the grace of God and to have the deep relationship of knowing God and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned in my care group yesterday. People came to my home, and I told people in the care group that the most important things in this world, the most precious thing in this world. It's not a house. It's not a car. It's not my job. It's not my bank account. It's not my 401k account or my pocketbook. The most important thing in this world is to know the Lord. Is to have a relationship with God. Deep relationship. You know Him so deeply. As day go by, as year go by, you know Him deeper, deeper and deeper. And because you know Him, you can depend on the grace of God. A lot of Christians misunderstand the word "the grace of God." Two misunderstandings I want to share with you. Number one, the grace of God is a ticket to get out of jail. If you sin, you steal something from your school yesterday. You come back to God and say, "I'm sorry, God, forgive me." Oh, your grace. I am forgiven. I get out of jail. I get the ticket to get out of jail, get out of hell. And the second misunderstanding is that grace is something is fixed. For you, from the first day you got saved, and it never changed. The grace of God is something fixed and unchanged. But Peter said, "Grace and peace be multiplied." So, in other words, the grace of God can increase in your life. The grace of God can be more and more and more each week. I cry out for more grace in my life. What is the meaning "carries" or the grace of God? The grace of God means the supernatural help of God to be able to do what God called us to do. The help of God, the divine influence in our life. He has the grace of God. The grace of God helped me to be a neurosurgeon in Seattle. The grace of God helped me to be a husband or pastor. The grace of God helped me to become a pastor of this church. When I went to Alaska, and that lady got healed from dizziness, and another lady got healed from migraine headache, and demon came out from another man and another woman. That is the grace of God. I am nothing without God. I myself cannot do all the things that I'm doing right now without the grace of God. The grace of God is the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that come and empower you to do what you need to do in your life. And we need more 
and more grace. Amen. Do you need more grace for your study, for your being a student? You need the grace of God. I remember when I went to Olympia in 1987 to pass the national board exam to become a licensed doctor in America. I needed the grace of God because I didn't study at all. And I did not finish the medical school in the U.S. I didn't understand the system of psychiatry and all this. It's so different from Thailand. I need the grace of God. I check, 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 check without knowing anything. And I came out 85% Thai. I passed the test. The grace of God is there because he saw that I pastored this church. He helped me. Amen. Don't do like me though. Don't go to the test without study like me. That is rare kind. The grace of God is there for me, was there. Amen. The grace of God was there for me on that day. And we need to depend on the grace of God. This is one I want to remind you. All the days of your life, ask for the grace. Ask for more grace. More grace. Multiply grace that can help you to go through whatever you need to do. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, but he gives more grace to those who humble themselves before him. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives more grace, therefore God resists the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. I want to read from Amplified Bible, it's more clear. But he gives us more and more grace, parenthesis, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. That is why he says, God set himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. God says, I give grace to the humble. And God resists the proud. In James chapter 4, resist the devil and he run away from you. So when you heard that word, you hear the picture of a Christian pull out the sword of the spirit. And when the devil comes, use the sword of the spirit. You cut him into pieces. And then you kick him off in the name of Jesus. Go away from my life right now in Jesus' name. Don't touch me. And you resist. You pull the shield of faith up and say, don't come and touch me. I will push you away right now by faith. You see the picture of somebody resist the opponent or the enemy. Think about it. If God does that to you, when you walk to God and God resists you, God come against you. And why does God come against people? Because they are full of pride. Amen? Pride leads to lack of grace. God's presence is not there for you. He resists you if you are too prideful. We need to be humble. We need to be humble all the days of our life. I don't know about you, but I want to tell you, I check my heart three times a day at least. I'm serious. I wake up in the morning and I check. I put the spiritual stethoscope on my heart and check. Boop, 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 boop. Am I prideful today? When my wife warned me and corrected me, did I say, you're just a woman, 
you cannot tell me like this. Or I say, yes, honey, yes, darling. Or when some member call me up and warn me about something, did I go back home and repent and say, yes, Lord, I want to repent. I check like this morning, noon, and at night every single day. I check my heart that I am humble or not because I don't want to end up being resisted by the Lord. I want God to be on my side. I want more grace in my life. I want the grace of God in my surgery. I want the grace of God when I have to minister and travel to the world. I need the grace of God when I sit and talk to my patient. Today, two or three of my patients say, Dr. Lau, you have good reputation in this city. We just moved here for a couple of years. We don't know any doctors around, but everyone we ask about your name, oh, we see Dr. Lau Haprasit. Everyone put two thumbs up and say he is the best. You know, when they say that, I didn't put my chest up and say, you see, I'm a great doctor. I say like in my heart, I am in the grace of God. That God backed me up and people like me. People, instead of being against me, I find favor with God and find favor with men because the grace of God is upon me. And that's why I need to stay humble all the days of my life. Amen? Look at what happened to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, and each one has six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe to me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people who of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. This is not a message I'm going to preach, but I'm just going to lead to another one. I like to have that experience, that the presence of God show up in my bedroom. I want to have that experience in my meeting, that the cloud of glory come into the room. The presence of God show up, like what happened to Isaiah. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. He could see the vision that God was sitting on the throne and his robe covered the temple. And then he was touched by the fire of God. The seraphim brought the fire coal to touch his tongue. And he became a prophet. How many people want to have similar kind of experience that the Lord show up and meet you and visit you? I believe that in the end time, the church needs the glory of God. The church needs the presence of God like Isaiah. But if you look at verse 1, I read again one more time. Something happened in Judah because something had happened before. And what happened? In the year that King Uzziah died, God had to wait until this king died before he showed up in that nation in the tangible way. It means something happened to Uzziah. That's why God delayed his visitation. 
We're going to look at the life of King Uzziah together, and we're going to see the scripture when God say, "God resist the proud and give grace to the humble." Second Chronicles 26 verses 1 to 4. Talk about King Uzziah. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah. After the king rested with his fathers, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecholiah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father, a Messiah, had done. King Uzziah was appointed to be the king at 16 years old. His dad died when he was young. And this is the 10th king of the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom of Israel was split into two. Israel in the north with 10 tribes and two tribes in the south Judah and Benjamin. And King David came out of Judah. Little two tribes brought a lot of blessing to the world. Ten tribes did not. So don't look down on the small church. Don't look down on the small things you're doing. Amen? Because it's not about the numbers, but it's about the heart that God can use a small group of people with the right heart. Uzziah became the king. And he was a good king. He was a good king. And look at what the Bible says in verse 5. He sought God. This man at the beginning, he was very humble. He said, God, should I do that? Tell me. Should I do that? Tell me. I'm seeking you. I want you to tell me the direction of my life. I need to take care of these millions of people. I'm still young. I need your grace. So at the beginning, he was humble and he was depending on the grace of God. He was seeking the face of God. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And the Bible says, you need to apply this scripture to yourself. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Everyone say with me, as long as I seek God, I humble myself before the Lord. I'm like a child in the kingdom of God. I need to depend on my daddy in heaven. The Lord will make me prosper. The grace of God will be with me. Amen. We need to do that no matter how successful you are. Some of the students here one day, maybe a great dentist, you become so rich. You have very powerful practice. You start to have a nice house, marry a rich man, and very wealthy. And you start to forget the days you were student in Seattle. You forget about the day you get laid hand on and fall under the power on the floor and laugh in the Holy Ghost. On that day, when you turn 45 years old, you become a rich dentist, have a nice husband, good kids, nice home. You don't want to go to church anymore. You don't want to walk out to be prayed for and fall under the power anymore. 
because oh now I'm a dentist I'm a doctor I don't want to lose my dignity in front of people to fall under the power in front of people I don't want to seek God anymore I'm fine I'm fine you are in the road of destruction because you are not humble yourself to seek the Lord anymore we need to stay humble all the days of our life you need to be like children all the days of your life The Bible promises, as long as we seek the Lord, He will make us prosper. Amen. You know what happened after that scripture? The next ten years of the life of Uzziya, his country Judah had a very powerful military troop. The economy was restored to the nation. Everything was so prosperous and powerful. He took a lot of land back to the Philistines. Everything was great for 10 years, but what happened? Second Chronicles chapter 26, verses 16 to 22. Second Chronicles 26:16 to 22. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up, or in other words, he became prideful. To his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar. Of incense, in the Old Testament, God anointed the priests to do the job in the temple, to burn the incense, to pray to God, to represent the people. The king was anointed to rule the country. Today, we are anointed to do different things. We are not king and priests like that, but we all anointed to do different things as priests. I am anointed to be a pastor and preacher. You may be anointed to be the worship leader. You may be anointed to be teacher. So what happens is that if you humble yourself, you will stay in your anointing and do whatever the anointing in your life want to do. But you see what happened to King Uzziah. He became prideful. His heart was lifted up, and now he wanted to do what he was not designed to do. He became prideful. Amen. I cannot do what other pastors do. I'm gonna do what I'm called to do. Whenever I step off from my anointing and do something else, I am prideful because I try to tell God, God, yes, you anoint me to do that, but I can do myself in this thing too. I'm gonna show to the people in the world that I am able to do that. That is pride. Is that right? So we have to be careful. Asariah, the priest, went in after him, and with him were eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, "It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed or sinned against God. You shall have no honor from the Lord God." Then Uzziah became furious. He was so prideful; he did not repent. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar, and Asariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. 
King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. When I read this scripture, the Lord told me he actually did not hate Uzziah. He loved Uzziah. You know, when people sin against God, God never hated them. But God has to do this in order to warn this generation. The story was recorded in the Bible. Uzziah paid the price of being prideful. And we learn it, that we don't do it. We should not do it like him. We need to be humble. Amen? He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the act of Uzziah, from first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, wrote. Now you see why Isaiah had to die before the glory of God show up in the nation. Because that leadership, he's a leader, was so prideful. Pride blocked the presence of God. Pride blocked the manifestation of the presence of the glory of God. If we want to live our life in the presence of God, we need to be humble all the days of our life. You notice one thing. The spirit of pride and the spirit of religion come together. They are good friends. They cover each other. When Uzziah became prideful, he became religious. He walked into the temple and he showed that I am also spiritual. I'm going to light the fire for the incense. Pride helped religion because Pride will make the person who are religious, the people who are religious, not to see themselves that they are religious. And at the same time, religion or spirit of religion will cover the mistake of themselves, the pride, by looking look like spiritual. And you notice, people who are prideful are also religious. Oh, I know a lot of Bible. I don't need that anymore. I know. You remember when you first became a Christian? When you first got saved? What happened? Oh, you're excited. You thank God every day. You want to listen to every CD in the church. You will never miss church Sunday. And when the pastor come up and preach, even with accent, you listen carefully. What are you going to teach me? Oh, I want to learn. I'm hungry. I'm like a child. I want to learn from God. Oh, yes, I want to eat that food. I will never miss revival service. I want to be there because I want God to teach me and depend on God. A few years later, you go to church. Ah, I know about this subject. Pastor Lau talked about the file of God for these 10 years. Again, about the file of God. The heart changed. Oh, that subject about humility. I heard in my leadership group, he talked about humility again. And when I invite a guest speaker to come, does he have a PhD, an MD from the Bible school? If he doesn't have the diploma, I'm not going to listen to him. Have you ever seen children go to the father? Father, do you have PhD? <laughs> no. Kids want to learn want to listen, 
hungry, simple, want to sit at the feet of the mom and dad and learn and hear what the mom and dad want to say. I'm fighting against my flesh every single day to be humble and to be like a kid in front of God's eyes. When I listened to the preacher last Saturday, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, I never say in my heart, I listened to this message already. I listened carefully. I absorb because I want to be humble to learn. By the way, I want to say this. Every subject that you know in your head about the Bible, there is a deeper level anyway. You may know this much. You think you hear about this. But I tell you, if you hear again, it's going to go deeper. God is going to reveal, turn on the light in your heart and see something deeper in that subject. If you are not prideful to say, I have heard this many times. Especially in this nation, we have all the podcasts. People can listen to many great preachers in America. Preach so well, very smooth, very powerful anointed preaching. You come to church on Sunday, that pastor, he's an assistant pastor or pastor Lao. He could not speak very fluently like that man in the podcast or in the TV. Oh, I know it's his subject. I'm not going to listen to him. Walk out of the door and go and talk to people. Sign of pride. It may not be a leprosy on the forehead, but it's something show outside the manifestation of pride. That I know all of these things. I don't need God anymore. Even Pastor Tyson preached. I sit there, get excited. Yes, amen. I never sit on the chair when Pastor Caesar or Pastor Tyson preach, and I don't sit like this. Yeah, preach to me. I train you. I know all the things you say. You notice I never sit like this in the sermon. Anyone preach, I sit like this. My back never touched the back of the seat. I sit like this all the time. Yes, preach. Amen. Go for it. Preach to me. Excited. Why? Because I want to depend on God. I don't want to be prideful like Uzziah. I want to keep my spirit right all the days of my life. Amen? I don't want leprosy in my forehead. I never say, I figure it all out already. I know everything. Once you say that, you are in trouble. Amen? Even some subject you already know, you need to get a deeper and deeper faith in that subject. It's about faith. It's not about knowledge. You may know a lot, but you don't have faith in it. For example, some of you may be able to preach about giving. You heard about giving in this church for a long time. Yes, it's good to give. Yeah, we need to be generous. But when the time of pulling the money out of pocket, uh, no. I don't want to give to the poor. I don't want to give to those people. Why? You only know in the head. But your faith is not there about giving finances. We have to be careful. Because sometimes we know a lot, but we don't do what we learn. Amen? Stay humble. And God will give you more grace. I will stop here and continue next time. You cannot avoid me about this issue. I'm going to come back about pride and humility. And you see, every time a man in the Bible gets prideful, he gets punished. And every time a man in the Bible stays humble and depending on God, he gets blessed and gets promotion every time. Amen. Why I need to keep 
revival and the fire of God in the church. Because I want to keep you to be humble all the time. Once we say we don't need the Holy Spirit, once we say, "Oh, that stuff again, laughter, falling, shaking, lay hand again," it means that you are telling God, "I don't need the grace of God. I can figure it out myself. I don't need the Holy Spirit. I don't need." To lose my dignity in front of people, I don't want to lose face. I don't want my hairstyle to look weird in front of people. I can depend on myself. Holy Spirit stuff uh, again. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to humble yourself before the Lord and say, God, touch me more. I need you more. I need your touch. I need you to come and change me from glory to glory. I have not arrived yet. I have not gotten yet. I cannot figure it out yet. I need your grace, and the grace comes by the Holy Spirit. Don't take the file of God for granted. The file of God is for the hungry, and for the humble. Amen. When you get touch, and you humble yourself, you say, "God, you can do anything. I don't mind to cry." I don't mind to fall down. I don't mind to laugh. I don't mind to lose my hairstyle, because it's not about me anyway. In fact, I just shared with Pastor Da on the way here. Somebody turned on Oprah program in my house, so I was eating dinner and I watched Oprah talking about two twins who have millions of dollar building the business of clothing. And both I and Pastor Da say at the same time, we have the same idea. We think the same way that all these things gonna get older and eventually fade away one day. But the only things gonna last forever is God and the things of God. And it's true. When I turn to my wife and look at her, she look more and more glorious every year. Because she loved God, she just looked like a run-down, sick woman. She has the glory of God. The glory of God sustained her. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to seek the Lord, not money. We need to be humble to seek the Lord. Amen. I want your guy to be people who love the Spirit of God. Humble yourself. And let God touch you. Let God change you. You say, God, I need the Holy Spirit. I need you to touch me. I need to change. I need your grace for everything I do. And God will give grace to you because you humble yourself before Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek God all the days of your life. And it will make you prosper. Everything you do, no matter how successful you are, how high God leads you up, stay humble, stay lowly, not prideful. No matter how successful you are, stay humble like a kid all the time, and you will last to the last day. You will not get leprosy on your forehead, like King Uzziah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 